Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and I want to give you a word of wisdom today. We've been talking about abiding in Christ, and I want to tell you the powers that you have. You have the power to restrict, reduce, and replace. Restrict those things that are coming into your mind that are negative and reduce the impact that they have on you. No matter what you've been through, no matter how many bad experiences you have, you have the power to restrict and reduce. And then you have the power of the resurrection to which you can replace anything that's not as God is in your life because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So yeah, you have the power to restrict, reduce, and replace. All of that is given to you because you abide in Christ. Please like, subscribe, and please share. And I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. So we're going to continue where we left off last week, and we were going through some questions in 1 Corinthians 4, and um, we were going line by line and then ask, answering the questions as they applied to the scripture. So Frida, could you start off reading uh, 1 Corinthians 4, and we're using the ESV version I gave everyone a handout with it on there so you don't have to use your Bibles if you have a different version. First Corinthians 4 in this in time. Sorry, one? Yes. First Corinthians 4 1 coming from the ESV. <clears throat> this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Mm. Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And what and would that you did reign? So that we might, <clears throat> I'm sorry, so that we might share the rule with you. <clears throat> For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. 
you are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you if the Lord, but I will come soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in a spirit of gentleness? Okay, so we see Paul's, his whole, um, his verbiage is changing. He's becoming sterner. It's like, you know, okay, listen up. <laughs> now I'm coming to you this way and this is, and as we go through the rest of the, uh, chapter. I mean, through the rest of the first First Corinthians, you're going to see he becomes very stern in how he's talking to them. Okay, and more direct. So we ended up with uh, the questions. If you look at the questions that we were, where we were, we talked about some things br very briefly. That there's words in here that would help you to kind of understand. And this is kind of a recap. We talked about the word servant and what it means to be a servant. And basically a servant is one who applies, sometimes one who supplies to anyone who's under the authority of another. That's what a servant is. And in some passages of scripture, you'll find that it means minister, okay? Steward is one whose care is committed to the management of the household. And it applies to ministers in 1 Corinthians 4 and 1 and to Christians in 1 Peter 4.10, the word steward, okay? So we're going to go on from here. Are there any questions so far? Okay, let's kind of pick up where we were last week. The only person here was Joyce, okay. Um... Let's go back to verse 8. I mean, number question 8. And it comes from verse 7. 4 7. And 4 7 says, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So the question is. What is the source of all things that we have received or that they received? What is the source? I don't answer one. God. God. God is the source of everything. Of everything. You can't boast about it. Right. You didn't do anything. Right. No. So the source is God. It was God that loved. Uh, it was God's love to save the Christians at Corinth. They have, and they have forgotten that. The, any gifts that they had came from God. They didn't bring nothing to the table. They were no different from anyone else whom God blessed, but they were behaving as if they earned their own salvation or their own spiritual gifts. Okay. Verse 8. Free to read that one, number 9. Question nine? Yes, question nine. <clears throat> what three characteristics does uh, chapter four, verse eight 
say the Corinthians had. Think, were they really like this or did they just think so and explain? Okay, so read 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 4, 8. Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. <clears throat> and would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. Okay. So what three characteristics does uh, 4.8 say the Corinthians had? Riches. Riches. Riches, spiritual gifts, and kings. Yeah. Those are the three things. Paul makes fun as he goes through that. He makes fun that the Corinthians at Corinth um, have about themselves, just the way they think about themselves. They think that they had no need to learn anymore because they had the spiritual gifts. And he says that you have all you want. He's being sarcastic when he's talking to them. They think that they have all the spiritual gifts that they need. So, he's, you know, he did this and now. And they think that they have already begun to rule in God's kingdom. So he, he gets a little sarcastic in his talking to them. Let's look at verse 9. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. And so the question is, what, do, what a, a position do apostles have according to verse 4-9? What positions do they have? Last. 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 Mm -hmm. They were last as prisoners, <clears throat> as condemned prisoners. Well, um, number 9, you said was last? No, number 10. Number 10. That's verse 9. Verse 9. I, I right. I have a question based upon that, that, that thought. Why did they consider themselves last? What, We're what going to get into that with question 11. Okay. okay. And that's basically, <laughs> that's basically what Doc just asked. He asked the question of number 11. In one sense, were, they, were the apostles a spectacle? He said they were like condemned prisoners, or they were like a spectacle. And what he's trying to picture and show, back then, uh, he was showing the picture of a procession. A, a procession. And the Romans would have a procession when they would have war and they defeated the enemies. What they would do is they have this procession and the slaves or the cap captives would be in the e at the end of the procession. And they were walking, you know, they'd be chained up or whatever. And so they were like a, a sideshow. And they would walk through here and they would be used for the public entertainment before they died. You all seen those shows on TV and movies and stuff where they would have them right. marching in and they would be chained up, going into the big arenas and people would, yeah. So they were a spectacle. And the prisoners would have to fight off the wild animals and uh, the crowds would watch them and the apostles were just like those prisoners. They were ready to die, but they were ready to die for Christ. Mm -hmm. So they were just like that. They said, we're a spectacle. The people in the world and the angels were like the crowd and they watched who watched, okay? So, he, is that what you were talking about, Doc? No, I, I actually want them to answer the question. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. Like, even with that, I mean, what did, what did, what did Sister Brown just explain to you that uh, why they consider themselves last in comparison to what he said, being kind of, um, what I'm looking for, sarcastic, he said, you guys are rich, you guys are kings, wish we were like you, then we could reign with you. We, we could be in control with you. Mm -hmm. He said, but we are last. We are basically despised. But we're apostles. So what What do you see as the, the hypocrisy in what they're saying? Or the, uh, compare and contrast that Paul right. is trying to make. What do y'all see? <clears throat> Mr. Brown explained it, but how do y'all articulate it in your own words? I, I guess the sarcasm comes in because as apostles, I mean, they know enough to lay the foundation for the churches. So I guess with that, they would understand that Jesus was mocked and led to death and did a foolish thing because onlookers saying, this man got all his power, but he's 
going along with this death parade, like going along with choosing to die. And um, as Paul's saying, that's what we look like. We have become a, a spectacle. Like we look last of all. And yeah, that's that's so that's what I'm saying. Okay, think about think of what they're saying. What did he say they had? Number nine, what did he say they had? They had the spiritual gifts, the riches, and they thought they were kings. Okay? Then he turns around and says, but our position is last. We're like condemned prisoners. So when you're thinking about the Corinthians, think about the Corinthians, the people at the church of Corinth. They boasted themselves. They thought they were more than what they were. So Paul tells them, no. We're like <clears throat> these, these slaves. We're like spectacles. And Paul was telling them in so many words that that's the way you should be. Okay, you, you shouldn't boast and think that you're more than what you are. Okay, you're just low. Because you think about it, Frieda made, uh, talked about Christ when he went through the same thing. That's a comparison with the way Christ was. And Paul always tried to emulate Christ's likeness in everything that he did. And I will say they have apostolic authority, right? Yeah. They have apostolic authority, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Please speak, Doctor. And I'm assuming that you understand my master. They have, the Paul has apostolic authority, right? Yes. And he represents Christ, right? right? Yes. And Christ is the king, right? Yes. But the king got put on the cross, right? Right. Yeah. And the king didn't come to serve himself. He came to serve others, right? Right. And he died for everyone, right? Yeah. So he died as a servant even though he's the king. And when Paul was saying, like condemned, like, like <coughs> Brown said, like condemned Christ, they are condemned. They are condemned men giving out the gospel to people who are gifted. Because remember the first part of Corinthians said they had all spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. But they, but compared to them and their maturity, they look like condemned men. They have the real power. They have the gifts, but they haven't matured into the gift. And Paul said, man, I wish you guys were in charge like you think you were in charge. Because we would be with you. Mm -hmm. But because you have this overarching opinion of yourself... You know, we are condemned men. People are looking at y'all thinking you guys got it on, but we actually the ones who are serving y'all have the message for you. You see, every every minister is a condemned man mm. because we condemn ourselves to the service of the who? Condemned. Mm. So we're no greater than the ones who we minister to to get them uncondemned. But Paul said, while I'm trying to get you where you need to be, you're looking at me like I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. And that tends to be the case with God's real chosen people. You, you, you disregard the messenger because you, you may have it going on in some part of your life, you know, some spiritual part of your life. But we have to understand that message that they caught, that, 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 that Paul was given was going to eventually, take down the road, condemn him like you condemned Christ. It's the message that condemned Christ, not the miracle. You know, and when you stand for Christ, you're actually standing in the same condemnation against the world. The world's going to condemn you because your message is saying there's only one God. His name is Jesus. There's only one way to Christ. Sin is sin. And so, you know, so on and so forth and so forth. Okay. So the comparison is, you know, deeper life and death, light and darkness, righteous and unrighteous. So, so what Paul is really trying to get to them, as Sister Brown is saying, trying to get them to think a little bit. So if he's trying to get them to think, we should think a little bit. Do do go back to what I keep saying. Do you think more of yourself than you should? You know, with your walking true self. <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah, that's something yeah. to think about. Have we gotten to the point where, where we where we think we all this that and bag of chips? You know, and I, and I and I'm saying there's so much further for us to mature into by the what I find out from day to day that we don't need to think, think of ourselves as got it going on. We're just blessed by God to even be here. Yeah. 
Amen. So, yes, bro, I just, I just want them to think a little bit more. That's all. Okay. Uh, Jackie, did you have a question? I'm looking at your expression. Okay. Comment? Okay. And just think what Paul has been talking to, because we're only in, in chapter four, but what has he been talking to them about? Um, you know, when I think back, he talked about wisdom, them having wisdom. And he talked about the mysteries of old, you know, the mysteries of God, I'm sorry, the mysteries of God. And so when he talks about that wisdom, those are things as Christians we're supposed to have. We're, we shouldn't think the way that we used to think. Our thinking, once we become saved, it should become different. Yeah. And so we have, you know, a lot of times when we're dealing with scripture, we have to get out of that secular type of thinking. Amen. You know, and yeah. because you can't read scripture in a specular mindset. Amen. Because it don't make sense. Mm -hmm. It don't make sense. So you have to be in Christ when you're doing those things. And we talked about being in Christ and all of that. But again, uh, Paul is admonishing them for their behaviors. And that's why, I, you know, we, when we talk about it, and you hear ministers and pastors talking about, you know, you have to check yourself. You have to do an observation of yourself. Because there are times that you can easily slip out of your Christ-likeness, your spiritual way, and then get right back into the worldly way. It's easy to do that. So we have to continue to stay prayed up. So again, when we answer these questions and we talk about these questions, think about all of that. Don't just necessarily think about that one statement, but how does that all pull together? Okay? Let's look at number 12. And number 12, we're dealing with verse 10. Jackie, can you read, uh, Sister Jackie, can you read verse 10? You see it? We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. Okay, so he's talking about them as the apostles. And he's telling them that. Um, so, what describe the advantages of the Corinthians and the disadvantages of the apostle? So let's look at the advantages that the Christians have. What did he say they they have? He said they were wise in Christ. Mm -hmm. They're strong. They're strong in Christ. And they're held in honor. Okay, they're held in honor. They're distinguished. Now, what about the apostles? They're fools for Christ's sake. They're weak and in disrepute. Okay, or dishonor. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what I just talked about. You know, your, your secular way of thinking and the spiritual way of thinking. Getting into the word and seeing what God has for us. Um, what problems did the apostles have? And that's in verse 11. We're going to tie those two together. Wait, Mom, so we move on. So, describe the advantage in the Corinthians. That's like, just like what the text says. Like, the apostles are weak, but the Corinthians are strong, but the Corinthians have an honor, and the apostles disrepute. Is this, is this really true? I guess, so it's like, yes, it is true in real time in the temporal life right but in when they go like in eternity it won't look the same way it'll actually like look the opposite the apostles won't be weak and the apostles won't be in disrepute like is this is he's still being sarcastic right now right? he's still being he sarcastic yes. this is finite he's talking about finite he not yes. infinitely right he's talking about right then and this, he's talking about appearance. Right. Okay. They appear to be wise. Appear to, they appear to be that. Oh, they appear to be king. They appear, appear to be. Because okay. he said, I wish you would rule. That means they really don't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because okay. you got to combine those two ver those verses. Okay. He right. said, I wish you was a ruler because then we could be with you. And you that's know? that's the way they carried themselves. Okay. They carried themselves. Think about in okay. arrogance, yeah. in okay. ignorance, and immaturity. So the world, they weren't actually wise in Christ because right. they wouldn't have all these problems. Okay, okay. They, it appeared they were religious, 
they appeared, they were opulent, they were churchy, they were they were showy, okay. but they were very sinful and immature. And Paul is saying, compared to y'all, we y'all are wise and we fool. Got it. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So because remember, I told you he's coming to Tim to them very sarcastically. Mm -hmm. You know, y'all acting like he, this, but you know. He throw a low grade shade. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so what are some of the uh problems that they had? And we'll see that in verse eleven. Uh mother, could you read that one? Verse eleven. To the present to the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffet and homeless. Okay, so how were they? What were their problems? They were hungry. They were hungry. hungry thirsty, thirsty. Poorly dressed. And poorly dressed. Beaten. Beaten. Buffet and right. And, and people look down on them. And again, that's through those earthly eyes. If we see people coming in here, somebody came in here all tattered and messed up and looking all bad, we're going to say, there's no way that's a man of God. Amen. You know, we turn away from them. Okay? Because they're looking through those earthly eyes. Yeah. Okay, again, a lack of maturity. Tying all of it back together. Remember, we talked about the immaturity in carnal Christians. Yeah. Don't forget those things because they, all, you know, as we go through our studying, when we study one chapter, that's not the end of the chapter. I mean, that's not the end of the book. There's a continuation there, so we have to continue. Think back, go back. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, okay. I was thinking about the, the, the thing about, you know, um, the apostles. They were coming to the town, and they wouldn't look like what the person expected. What they expected. You see what I'm saying? You got to remember the town of Corinth was like Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of idolatry means a lot of pageantry, a lot of rich stuff going on. Glitz and, and glamour. And come these dudes from Jerusalem in their raggedy robes, <laughs> limping, especially Paul, all beat up. And they say, can you imagine Paul didn't walk to church? Because they didn't think about this. Paul founded that church. But there's probably a time where there's, there's, the church got bigger. And there's some people that heard of Paul but didn't know of Paul. Know. So imagine a deacon at the door that didn't know of Paul, but the church was opulent. And here come this. <laughs> yeah. And they'd be like, they'd be like, excuse me, can I help you? Right. I, I, I'm Paul. You can't be. Not the Paul that we heard about. Mm -hmm. You can't be. Because yeah. we have already painted the expectation of what an apostle should look like based upon <laughs> worldly mm -hmm. uh, uh, viewpoints. And the same thing we do in the church. Yes. Preaching yes. clothes, the collar, the robe, you, you wear the cross, all that stuff. Is worldly, has nothing to do with the heart of the holiness of the other words about to come. That's why I don't spend any time catering for that because I got it, I got all of it. But what's the point? It's not gonna get you any closer. Yeah, what's the point? Is that gonna, if, if me looking like a preacher gonna make you listen to the message, you already proved that you're immature. Mm -hmm. if, that, if, if that's your mind where a preacher has to come in, he got to be toting that thing under his arm and had that certain gate about him and, and you know. Little you know, behind them. Yeah. You know, all that. And that that gets you all like, oh, I know that's a man of God or a woman yeah. of God. And then and then you can, whatever they say at that point, you go, you it's like they got you. Mm -hmm. You know, give time to give ear. Repeat what I said, give time, give time. to give ear. Meaning you're going to wait till the word is, comes out their mouth. I would tell some of y'all, close your eyes. When's the preacher preaching? Don't fall asleep now. Right. <laughs> and listen with your spirit. Yes. Yes. To see what happens with your spirit. Because a lot of times, that's why I'm like always torn between just doing an audio versus a video. Because it makes no difference what I'm doing up there with my hands. It makes a difference what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? It makes a difference what we're saying. And I can just picture Paul, just imagine Paul as beat up and raggedy as he was coming to Korea talking about, I'm Paul the Apostle. And some new deacon or a couple of deacons at the door dressed in nines, got gold rings on. They're like, you can't be. Because what we thought, what we have is, based upon all the, the, the uh, pagan religions, 
Y'all supposed to be looking good because y'all represent the true and living God. Mm -hmm. But the true and living God can't be represented by earthly things. Okay. It's a spiritual thing, especially the church. If we was in Judaism, yes. The temple, the ray, the gold, all that. But for the body of Christ, we come in all shapes, all sizes, in all apparel. Amen. Yes. So don't turn your ear, don't turn your ears off because somebody got some tattoos that you don't want, that you don't have. Mm -hmm. That person may be the angel God sent to bless you. Yeah, I know it's hard <laughs> for us to get out of our ways as we get older. Mm -hmm. But the way to stay young in the mind, not in between, young in the mind, is to stay young in the mind. Yeah, we all grew up in different eras. But don't get stuck in that era. Because mm -hmm. the world and God will pass you by. Be flexible. It ain't your music, so what? It ain't your dress, so what? Who are you? Mm -hmm. I remember when church was. Yeah, but then look at the church was. It got to church today. Amen. Amen. All right, yeah. go ahead. And I just want to say the enemy is it, it will will get into that thing and just trick you yes, all the time. He'll trick you. I ain't like that suit he wore today, or you know, I mean, and 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 when Doc just said that, it it's true. Sometimes you do just have to just close your mind, just forget about what you see, but what you hear, what you hear. And a lot of times when you focus on what you're listening to, you may it may let you see that hey, this ain't right. Ain't nothing going on. Ain't, ain't nothing going on, right? Okay, because again, we're talking about things that the apostles were doing. Paul told them, long as we all have the same foundation, Amen. the same foundation, that's what matters. Okay. Verse 12 and 13, we talk about how did they act when mistreated. Paul talks about how they act when they're treated. He says, we labor, walking with our own hands when reviled we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Okay? So, how did he say they act when mistreated? They still be blessings. They blessed Bless. when reviled, whatever. What, what's next? Persecuted. When they were persecuted, what did they do? We endured. They endured. And when uh, slandered, they? We entreated. Okay, entreated. And the word entreat means uh, attempt to reconcile or to help or uh, comfort. Okay? So they still do those things. And um, let's get on into 13, and we'll kind of hit that some more. So, I'm sorry, 15, which is verse 13. <laughs> How did Paul conclude his description in verse 413? How did he say they were? We know that they were mistreated. And so how did he conclude that description? They were the filth or the scum of the world. Refuse the, the, the trash. trash. Right. Right. So he humbles himself. Don't get puffed up. Don't get puffed up. That's not what we're about. Because the early the early uh, apostles and early preachers, they lived in the lowest level of society. And the Corinthians believers uh, thought they were the kings. He talked about that in verse eight, and he he said that he knew he was a suffering slave. And that the carnal Christians thought that they were at the top. But Paul said he was humble and he saw himself at the bottom. When you get to the point where you think you're all in the bag of chips, then you're trying to get up there with God. And we're not up there. To be compared to God, we are filth and the scum of the earth. Okay, And we have to humble ourselves. We can't get buffed up because you know a little bit. You know, I know all 66 words, uh, books of the Bible, and I can say I'm backwards and forwards, and no. <laughs> well, and again, he gave clue to the world. To the world. They're scums, mm -hmm. okay? And the only way they can survive is to abide in Christ. Yeah. When that word endure, you can't endure if you're not abiding in Christ. Right. You can't bless unless you abide in Christ, because the world is going to come against you if you truly are a Christian. So 
this comparison to what Paul is to what we see what we see churches today opulence cars and houses rings all that stuff so how do we get from there where you the lowly you're the despised when the church is trying to to say okay over here we can be just like the world there's no pastor there's very few pastors that are despised because they speak the truth because they want to world to like them I don't work for the world I work for God and if I'm giving God's word I relish in people hating me because that's my badge of honor mm -hmm. all that Paul is talking about that's his proof of who he is because they did it to his Christ too they hated Christ for his word they're going to hate preachers who preach the word of God for their word okay and again for you who are willing to stand up for Christ there's some people that the world gonna hate you too. Amen. You don't escape this. You know you might not get it as strong, but you don't you 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 don't escape that. And when it comes, don't buckle, don't feel bad. Be be say you know what, you just proved to me that I'm different from you. Mm -hmm. I'm not like you. You know I was talking to someone the other day. They, we were talking about sin, and uh, one of the dear sisters put a question out there for everybody, and I'm glad none of y'all answered it. Because I immediately called her and said, you need to ask me that question. Because y'all would have been all over the place. I said, you got 10 different answers about what they think and not use scripture. And I said, uh, look, this is the deal. Because again, everybody wants to measure sin. Don't matter. You know, but it's Don't sin, it, you know, it's kind of okay. It's not as bad as child molesting. And like I told them, you aren't the decider. God is the society. And because this culture accepts some things that are sinful, you don't go to God and say, well, it's kind of okay with me. Who are you? You're going to bust hell wide open going challenging God like that. If he say X is an abomination, it ain't changed. Because mm -hmm. we done adopted it, accepted it, right. put it in our legal books. We can't fight against it. No. If, if homosexual marriage is wrong to God, it ain't changed because 2024... You got you go to jail because if you don't marry them, no. Well, it's not. It don't make a difference what you think. That's the that's our problem. We want to try to. Oh well, you know that's not so bad. To live by the world. But then when it happened to your child, now you're ready to get some guns. You see what I'm saying? When your child get groomed, you're ready to get some guns. And see, Paul is setting the standard like. If you do and stand on the word of God, this world is going to hate you. They don't like the word of God. The world hates the word of God. And there's people in the church that want to compromise the word of God to get along to go along. I will not. Because guess what happens to me if I do? When I stand before God and you stand before God and God say, why would you compromise? What's going to be your reason? He told me. Oh, well, you know, I was trying to get along with everybody. I was trying to be friends with everybody. I was trying to show love. God say, that ain't, that ain't love with you. When you compromise my word to fit your culture, that does not mean you love them. That actually means you hate them because you're too scared to be rejected to stand on the truth. Okay? You, you got to say, you got to be able to take Paul's position and say, I'm looking for forward to the world somebody come to me that's worldly telling me you know what I like you mm -hmm. and you be like smile and that's the person you're going to win over Carolyn just talked about it in her testimony mm -hmm. last time mm -hmm. Carolyn stood on the word of God that lady hated her didn't like her da 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 and now she one of Carolyn's best little friends on the job you know why because Carolyn stood on the principle of God mm -hmm. she has to come over to Carolyn Carolyn ain't got to go over to her mm -hmm. She got to come to Curly. Curly came to her, gave her the word of God, was nice to her, all that good stuff that we're supposed to do. But at that point, it has to go backwards, back to. She got to Curly, got to go back on her side of the fence and say, I'm here waiting on you. But I ain't coming back over there. You got to come to me now. And that's what has to happen. We have to stand like Paul and be, you know, looked at as refuse and don't really care. You know, don't look at, don't look at, at what, you know, they speak to, the Bible warns you, don't, when people speak highly of you too much, you need to worry about if you really be, if you compromise. Okay. Okay. 
It's hard for us to humble ourselves, yeah. you know, and, and describe ourselves as part. You know, how many of us would say, I'm a filth, I'm filth, I'm the scum of the earth. You know, it don't sound too good. <laughs> it don't sound too good. But when you think of who you represent, we are. We are. Yeah. Okay. And it's not really a bad thing. It's not bad. No, thank you. Thank you. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was was born and hit this rock and was born in a barn. Right. Like that right there, it just it, it it's a stretch for your mind. Like he's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and was not born in no kind of palace. Not born in no kind of like royal family. Not born you know, like uh, in appearance. Yeah. In appearance, yeah. Our master was born in a barn. That's the donkey doodle. Yeah. But it's not until you learn the word and learn who he is and what he do, what he's done for all of us and accept it that you can understand yeah. it. It you know, so again we can't look at it in a spiritual realm I mean in the fleshly realm, you know, because it's not the same. If we look at it that way, we will never understand mm -hmm. it. Never understand it. Um, again, and then we can't humble ourselves um, to do that. Huh? No, I don't. No. Um, okay, so where were we? Question 16. Read 14 for us. Um, Verse 14. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Okay, so you finished with 14? Yeah, that's verse 14. Okay. So the question is, at this point of all these descriptions, that we, I mean, what is the point of all these descriptions and comparisons? What is he telling them? He wants to admonish them. He wants to admonish or to warn them. Okay. He wanted to warn them with the purpose of admonishing and reproving and resupposing that something is wrong, something's wrong here, and we got to correct that. We have to correct this thing, the way you're thinking and the way of yourself and the way, just the whole thing. You, you know, I'm trying to tell you, I'm warning you all, that that's not the way that you should be thinking. And he says, as beloved children. Mm -hmm. Remember, he already said he couldn't speak to them as mature way back. He said, I got to speak to you like children. So he's warning them, just like you warned Ferris and your children. He's saying, I'm telling you this to help you, to warn you, to come out of this 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 way of thinking so it can change your behavior. You can't change a person's behavior until you change their thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Verse 15. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ through the gospel. Amen. So when we look at verse 17, I mean, question 17, it says, how does Paul use the word father? How does he use the word father? And we're talking about in verse 15. I just read that. Well, father is in, um, not, I guess not really opposition, but highlighting the difference between other guides and then him being I guess the father, because he laid the foundation. Paul laid the foundation for the first. Paul gave them the gospel first. So as the father, I guess, yeah, he did that. Think of how he used the word father. Okay. He said, despite their being carnal, and this is what he's saying, just, you know, sometimes being hateful and sometimes immature, he always looked at them with affection because he was their spiritual father. You know, I'm coming to you. I'm, I'm, I may be stern. I may be, but I'm your father. I care about you. I want you to get this. I want you to see, you know. Uh, so he didn't come with them being nasty and mean, but as a caring a father. Right. He wanted to nurture. He wanted to protect. You know, when I saw that he's warning them, that means he wants to protect them. Uh -huh. He wants them to grow up and be mature. And he's saying, not the father in every part of their life, but the father in one narrow position is in the gospel. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, sometimes 
that term in twenty four in twenty first century is abused by clergy. And uh, yes, again, <laughs> the key is right there. Uh, uh, as your pastor, my authority doesn't go past the scriptures. Mm. Period. It, it stops and ends right there. Now I may know some other things that may be valuable to you, but you know that's just advice. Right. You know what I'm saying? It may be good advice, mm -hmm. but uh, but when it comes to this, everything I when you ask me something, I need to think this first, right. Right. and then I'll tell you. Well, this and see now it's not. I'm not gonna tell you that I got opinion different from the Bible because that's dumb. Mm -hmm. Right. For me, now, you you can work that out. But for me, I believe in God. Now whatever God say, that's what it ti is. Yeah. It only requires me to even think about it no more. Because all that means is I, if I think different than God, I need to get in line with him. He don't get in line with me. And I ask for his understanding. That's why I told y'all, you write down scriptures you don't understand, pray to God about it, and wait. And when it comes to pass, that he explains it to you because he will, because you ask, you write down the time, the date, how you got it, and you'll find out that God will answer every question you got about his word. All you got to do is, is remember that you asked that question. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can remember I asked the question is to write it down. Mm -hmm. My head be full of all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, you know, I got to write it down. Yeah, you know, when I get a vision in my dreams and it's, I think it's godly, I immediately got a pen or my phone during my thing and I may not write it. I hit the record on it. It off and go to sleep. <laughs> and wake up the next day. Because what I've done is, I don't know if you guys experienced this. Have you experienced Mrs. Brown? Where you know you got a, a vision from God, mm. and you sleep it up. You, you at the time you remember it, and as soon as you sleep a little bit more, wake, wake up, up. You can't remember what you can't even remember. About. You remember the, the crazy dream about you outside running around, but you can't remember that godly part. You know, it's, it's just weird like that. You know, and I and I've experienced that a lot. But Sister Brown, I got to ask you something with this with this in particular thing. Yes, sir. When Paul wants to come to them as a father. Is Paul trying, and, and I kind of ask you, but is Paul trying to control they, all their life? No, no, no. This is this, their spiritual life. Exactly. You know, he's, he's not telling you who to marry. Yeah, and you know, you can't, don't do this and don't do that and don't go over there. No, we're talking. He's concerned about their spirit, spirit. their spiritual life. Mm -hmm. That's what he's concerned about. Okay. okay um, still dealing with verse fifteen. How do you explain verse 15? And especially looking at where he says countless guides. Some people say, some uh, scriptures may say uh, countless tutors. In 15, he says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ through the gospel. So what is he talking about, the countless guides or the countless tutors? Well, there's not the teachers. A lot of people a lot who of people. want to explain things to you. Right. A lot of people, they're countless. I mean, I mean there's many. You know, uh, that would be like if Sister Frida had a question, she'd go to one of y'all. And, and it's not saying that your answer would be wrong. Right. It's just saying she should, and she should be able to go to anybody in this room and get a biblical answer. Yeah. You know, and Paul is saying, but there's only one like me. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it's not a, it's not, and it's a servanthood. I want y'all to get this. It's not a, I'm over y'all, like, if y'all, this is, I'm here to serve you. Your, your, our pastors, the real ones, are the greatest gift to the body, and the body rarely uses them, because you'd rather go to the guide than go to the source mm -hmm. of the Father. Y'all already call each other, which is fine. I don't, I don't not do that. But if you get, you call each other, and this one say this, and this one say that, and this one say that, and you, and and, and they're different, then don't go with who is is saying what you think. You what sounds good? Yeah, <clears throat> you don't go to the one and say, "Oh, they agree with me, so that must be it." No, if you got three different brothers or sisters, and they and they and they doing in their heart, they believe, they understand. But it's like this one say yes, this one say maybe, this one say no. Well, I was thinking maybe, so I'm gonna go with maybe. Well, no, that ain't your, that ain't that ain't your judge. You should you should come and say, Pastor, this is the thing. You ain't gotta tell me who said what. I decided it was maybe. Okay, let's prove it out through scripture. 
Okay? And when somebody come ask you something biblical, don't go on your, your knowledge of your remembrance. Go find a scripture that will clearly point out what the person is talking about. It may be an Old Testament, it may be a New Testament, it may be, it may be a principle, but, but that's what he's saying. Use who God has put before you. Again, it's not, I'm not over you, I am under you. Okay? And y'all should be shoveling down to me. Okay? Meaning, if you got questions, call me. My phone is always, it, and if I don't answer, put the question on my voicemail. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to call you back and answer you. You know? I just text. And Sister, <laughs> <laughs> Sister Curly texts me. To, uh, Eartha called me. There's a couple of people that actually called me and said, hey, Pastor, this is what was being talked about, and this, that, and the other. Again, you got to get comfortable with that, because I know that's not what y'all normally do. Because you didn't have access to the pastor like that. He didn't want you to have access to him like that. Me, I do. Because I understand the, the, the significance of y'all relationship with me. Because y'all got to remember, God don't judge me on that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, did I feed you? That's all he's going to ask me. Peter, feed my sheep. That's all, you know. And Sister Brown, Sister Brown, Venus, yeah. They run, even they run stuff by me. But I let them do what they're going to do because I know they're doing what's right. You know? And you, I trust you guys. You know? Help your brothers and sisters. Don't, don't. I'm not telling you to come to me all the time. No, no, no. I'm telling you, there's many guys. There's many, all of us are guys. All, everybody in the church is some kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you look at yourself that way, then think of yourself, I need to be ready for when my brother and sister come to me and ask me something. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to go to pastor. You know, that's fine. I just hope that you guide them in the right way. You know, that's it. Okay. Um, number 19. What does 16 instruct Christians to do? Free to read 16. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Okay. So what are we to be? Imitate Paul. Imitate him. That's what he. That's what. That's what he urged them to do. Was imitate him. Right. Imitate him. He set an example of Christ likeness for them to follow. Okay. So he said, imitate me. And follow me as I follow Christ. Right. And spiritual leaders, again, must have and show an example of. Christ likeness. You know, if your spiritual leader is not showing an example of Christ likeness, something's wrong. <laughs> okay, I had a um, a principal in my school, and it kind of shows you that he says that um, he would tell us that you know you have a student and student act like a fool. You go home and not go to the house and knock on the door, and you probably a fool will probably answer the door. <laughs> and so, so and so if your church is cutting up and acting a fool the people in the church look at the pastor because he probably a fool too and that's the, it's the truth if you're not getting any spiritual meat and food at that church then that pastor don't have anything to give you when you know you look at that pastor because you know we've been taught that the pastor of, of the church has a responsibility. He has a responsibility. And if he's out doing everything else and lacking in that area, you miss something. You're not getting fed. You're not doing what they're supposed to do. With some people, that's okay. And then, and then, Ross County, you said, you said that it's like people normally go to churches that fit their sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if that pastor says it's okay to do this, then yeah, I'll go there. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to be told that that's wrong. You know, and, and, and again, it is, and it's more than the pastor's job. It's, it's the pastor's job, it's the leader's job, and it's the saint's job to, to, to continue to want to be fed the right word of God. And to be strong, like I say, the R's that I said, you know, have the resolve to be resilient so you have a reserve because it's going to, you're going to be challenged by other so-called churches on what y'all teach over here and 
we don't do this and we don't do that. We, you know, people think that it's weird that we don't do churchy stuff, mm -hmm. but we do do body of Christ stuff. Mm -hmm. See, to me, there's a difference, you know. And again, Sister Brown should 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 be challenged to walk a better life. Venus should be anybody that sits before you in that seat right there, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday, or whatever day. They should be humbled that they're getting an opportunity to speak to God's people, and they should be scared that if they don't say what God was in His Word and veer off into something that's crazy, that God is going to punish them. Okay, not lose their salvation now, but God, you can lose your 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 anointing to teach and preach, and you still say, okay, this is not a thing where if I fall, that I'm still not part of the body, okay. But it's, I have no right to claim that I'm y'all's pastor if God has set me down and y'all just don't know it. Okay? It, it, it can happen. Because that was one of the questions, like, how can we tell? Actually, you can't. In the sense of you would watch me stop preaching the word of God. I mean, mine would be so obvious that pastor ain't even open his Bible. He just he just going off on some tangent about be happy and have money and, and, and <laughs> yeah, if I went off on them tangents, y'all already know something. Some I didn't took somebody gave me a drug or something. <laughs> you know, we don't open this Bible. That that'd be a telltale sign. Yeah. Now, if I tell you we're gonna have a discussion and, and, it's, and it's about the Bible, yeah, but if I just start giving you psychological, sociological stuff, then you know that there's something that happened. You know, give me a ear the first time. If I do that consistently. You know that I, I've actually chosen to walk away from God and try to appeal to culture. Is it just for pastors? For, every, all, you know, for all of us. You know, whatever little words you got in you, you use it. Okay? Whatever light you got, you shine it. Whatever water you got, you give it away. You know, don't be scared. And, and what I'm getting out of this thing is, if Paul and them was able to endure, I always ask about because how I was able to do that, they abided in Christ. In Christ, right. Paul then was able to, to let the world look at them in one way, Sister Brown, knowing that they're, that God is looking at them in a total different way. Because if you, if you read the Bible, we know that the apostles are going to be the 12 pillars of the new, new church. It's sad. In the Revelation, that the apostles are going to be the pillars. And the apostles are going to judge the angels, too. So, right now, the pastors, the true pastors and all that that you don't know about, that you don't see on TV, the ones out here doing the work of God, guess what? The ones that you think you're going to be up there with thousands and thousands of people, we're going to judge them. Because, because their motive is different from ours. Our motive is souls. Their motive is bodies. That's a whole different motive. My motive is, is spiritual growth. Their motive is look at me and how many people I got and look how much money I got. Okay? And it's nothing against money. Don't think I ain't against, I'm, against, I'm not against money. But the Bible rings true. It is hard for somebody to follow Christ if they're rich. Mm -hmm. It's just hard because they look at their riches as the badge of God's approval when their riches is actually a badge of God's grace towards them. Now, they're supposed to use that to glorify God, not to glorify themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you win the lottery. Let's say we're going to do small a million dollars. Okay, why can't I? Why, why? Let's say at the end I get. Let's say I get a million. Let's say I get the. That's what I get. A million dollars. Why can't I give five hundred thousand away? You can't. I mean, but but why can't I give it? What I'm saying to you is, people spend. I'll get a church. I'll give a. Did, did, did. Why can't I say? You know what? I'm sixty years old. I can give away half a million dollars to to the church, or to to the, to a cause of the church. To, to charity and keep the other 50%. I'm not, I would never limit myself to 10%. See, that's another trick of the tithe. Because the tithe, you believe you do the tithe that you that you done. How can you be done if you got so much more? God gave you so much more. And you're gonna say, Here, God, I gave you what you asked for. And see, the church ain't under that. The church is under give according to your heart. Mm -hmm. So if I got a, uh, I look at it like this, God got a 100% heart because he gave me his 100% son, but he's not requiring me, so I can get off the 10% and give more because I love God. I want to show God, I, I love you so much that you know what, I'm going to live beyond the law. I'm going to live under so much love and grace, and I, you know what, I'm going to give to you. 
Not give to the things of God now. That's what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about just giving to be given. Yeah. To the things of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that, that's so imperative in today's time. You know? But when people talk about you guys, smile. Don't get upset. Because that proves something. That proves you are different. You know? That's all it does. And Paul even says, if you go back and look in first in uh, fourth first Corinthians verse four, the first thing he says is, "This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ mm-hmm. and stewards of the mysteries of God." Yeah. You know, and moreover, it is required that stewards that they are found to be faithful. Amen. Huh? Yeah. So they're found to be faithful. Okay, that's just going back. Uh, we're going to finish up this last one, and then we're going to stop again. We still haven't went through all the questions, but it's it's good, good. Uh, the last one, verse 17, free to read that one. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere <coughs> in every church. And so the question is, whom did Paul send and why? He sent Timothy. Okay, and then it, the, it also says, the note next to it says, what else do we know of him? So what he sent Timothy, and why did he send him? Because he was faithful. He was faithful. And... He knew that... Timothy would reinforce the truths that he taught, that Paul taught him. You know, so the question is, can can Pastor trust us to go out and teach what he has taught us? That's my question. You don't answer it. Just think about it. <laughs> you want me to answer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I and, and basically, he was talking about that earlier. We should be able to do that. We should be able to do that. And if you can't, then you need to think about it. Yeah, yeah. You ain't condemned. You just need to think about. It. There's something that should have caught you in the nine years we've been together. Some mm. of us longer than that. It's not thinking about we've been together nine years. It's going on ten. Time and, goes by. And, and again, uh, my 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 goal was to, it is happening, is some in their daily life be the messengers of this ministry. Not that you set up a church, not that you, that's going to be fine, but that you would just go out and win souls for Christ and change minds and hearts for Christ with the word of God, you know. And when you invite people to church, you know, the, the funny thing about it was I heard that one person came to church and, uh, and they actually joined our church. I ain't gonna say who it is. And when they joined, before they joined, the times they came, they kept looking for offering time. Because that's a sensitive spot for people who are, who are kind of anti-church. So they were like, oh, did he forget? This person said, that Bible said, we don't have offering time. There's a box over there if you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, sit. And now look how that did. That person went from sitting and joining. All because of the word of God that's taught in the whole here, because of y'all's love towards them as a whole here, and they didn't they didn't let that thing that they were gonna use against us stop, stop them from listening. Mm-hmm. Man, oftentimes messes a lot of pastors up because they have they have one, then they have two, then they have three, then they have the Ben Evan fund. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Because it seems as if it's all about what? The money. The money. But when you take that away. Now that person don't have nothing to fight with. You take that bullet away, their gun is empty. So now they gotta sit and see what they hear. So it's very important to you, as you go out, don't, and I know this, you guys don't do this, so I'm not even worried about that. You guys not don't make it about what we do in deed, but what we do in teaching and in love. That's what you tell people about. This is what we do, this is who we are. You know. Uh, since I tell you what Ned Friend said that came. About the church <laughs> that he was looking for a church, and he and I don't know if I'm saying what you want me to say. What's well, tell tell um, up? But he felt good coming here, and that he wanted to come. He wanted to join, 
And I told him, I said, well, why don't you sit, listen, and make sure that's what you want to do? Because a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the spirit. But he really feels, you know, he said, I'm going to continue to come. I'm going to continue to come. He wants to be here because he liked what he heard. And, and it wasn't, again, you know, like Doc was saying, the, the stuff that, you know, the, the, um, the money thing or whatever. And, and people kind of look for that. They're always waiting for that. Mm -hmm. So that was the thing. That, and I told him, I said, you're always welcome, you know. Always welcome, but yeah, he felt that uh, he had been looking for a church home. And um, when Nett told him she was coming, it was like, "That's what I needed to hear. I need, to, I, I need to be at a church. I need to be in a, in a good, strong church." And so, if he continues to come, hopefully, we'll all just embrace him and stuff because people are looking for the Word of God. They're searching yeah. to be fed, and so I think that it would be a good place to come, and we'll we'll just see how how it goes. And he came in the door healthy. Yes, he did. At the end of church, he helped take out the trash. He helped move the furniture over there. I mean, he came in helping. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that's what we need, those uh, saints of God to do that. Yeah, I ain't well, saying nothing. Come on. I ain't saying nothing. I just said we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Jackie, you want to close us up? Close us out? Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church Broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday Worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.